Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Vitruvian Man podcast, a podcast centered around self-mastery, personal development, human performance, mindset, but what also, also like whatever else I find interesting and want to talk about as this podcast progresses over time. Um, I'm your host, Zach Shankin. Um, I hope to have guests on in the future um, for the podcast, but today I guess you guys are just stuck with me. So um, before I begin, I guess I would be a bad podcast host if I didn't have a shameless plug for this, myself and the stuff I'm working on. So you can follow along myself um, on Instagram at ZDShankin and then um, the podcast and program that I'm working on at Vitruvian Gentleman on Instagram. Um, this podcast is going to be a general introduction to, to me, to who I am for those listening that don't know about me and then also gonna go into what the heck this podcast is about slash going to be about in the future, um, why I'm starting it, and um, get into some questions that I received um, on the Instagram. I appreciate those that submitted um, and hope to have more of that in the future. Um, So I'm gonna break this episode down into three main buckets based on the notes I took down, but it'll likely flow and evolve as I inevitably ramble. But the main three are my background, details about the Vitruvian Man program, and then the Q&A section at the end. Um, So I guess I'll jump right into a little bit about me. Um, So my background, I just recently, as in about a month ago, Um, I guess not even, Uh, just graduated from Georgia Tech with an undergrad in biomedical engineering and a minor in physiology. Um, Currently working at a med device startup here in Atlanta, that's where I'm based out of, Um, so not far from where I went to school, living with some friends. Um, I played lacrosse my entire life, um, but also grew up playing other sports, um, basketball, soccer, etc. Always a super, super competitive kid. Um, I think a huge part of that came from being the older, oldest brother of two, with two younger brothers. Um, it's been a pretty incredible process to, to, and privilege to like be able to say that I'm an older brother to these guys because they're so amazing. Shout out Nicholas and Michael. Um, I hope you guys listen to this episode. You should. If you're a good brother, you'll support me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just really, really incredible to watch them grow and evolve and I think that natural um, kind of back pressure has been a huge influence on who I am, why I move the way I move, Um, knowing that there's always somebody watching you and and you're accountable to more than yourself. That was something that I think was super formative to kind of my personality and where I am today. Um, So yeah, as I kind of stated before, um, I initially, you know, I, I played sports growing up Um, but I was always kind of a less athletic kid naturally. Um, I would not use gifted to describe myself. Um, I got along fine with like coordination and skill and like hard work, but certainly was not athletically blessed off, off the rip, but, um, tried to improve myself in the sports, you know, as you got into like the high school level and then eventually onto college guys were getting faster, stronger and better. So the way initially to improve myself in that um, was weight training. So I found weight training, um, to become, trying to become a better athlete and lacrosse player, um, kind of dabbled, I guess, loosely in high school, but never anything really consistent. And then, um, 
became much more consistent into the end of my freshman year and sophomore year in college. Um, and that's where things kind of took off for me. Um, I had also growing up and, and I guess suppose even to this day dealt with pretty strong body dysmorphia. Um, you know, growing up as, as an athlete, you look on TV and you see what quote unquote athletes are supposed to look like. You see these guys on the SI cover magazine, you know, like six pack abs built like a superhero. Um, not to mention the, the movies with superheroes. I mean, guys with Herculean physiques and, and I think that's something great and something to aspire to, but at the same time, um, not necessarily always achievable, certainly with, um, all the stuff that they're doing to achieve those bodies, whether it be, you know, 1% training, recovery, and nutrition, but even the stuff that's kind of outside of the bounds of what's discussed, whether it's performance enhancing drugs, um, experimental therapies, um, not to mention like Photoshop and all that stuff. And, and it's felt across the genders, but certainly it's underrepresented um, for men, at least in my opinion. And so that was something tough. I, I grew up kind of that chubbier kid and, and, it, and it was always hard to, to be an athlete in sports, but not look in the mirror and see an athlete. Um, that was always really difficult um, and, and something that was super formative and pushed me to finding self-development and um, I, guess, I guess changing my physique and, and getting into weight training heavily and nutrition and learning kind of what I can manipulate to then manipulate what I ultimately not only train and perform like but also look like. Um, approving my physical health overall was my introduction to the self-development world and by proxy kind of opens the opens Pandora's box of all the self-development content that is out there. I mean, there's so much um, from programs online about fitness, nutrition, um, a million and one different podcasts, books, um, and, and I just kind of became a sponge to that stuff, um, taking it in over the last four or five years as I've tried to build myself into the man that I'm proud to be. And that is an ongoing process, but I can confidently look back and say that I'm better than I was five years ago and, and aspire to be better than I was yesterday, every day. So that's a little bit um, about myself and why I'm interested in self-development, self-mastery, um, and, and ultimately becoming a very, very confident version of myself um, more and more every day. Um, so a little bit about, I guess, why the heck we are here, other than just me satisfying my ego and speaking um, into a microphone. I'm uh, working on developing a self-mastery course to help other guys through their self-development journey um, called the Vitruvian Man Program, as this podcast is aptly also named, the Vitruvian Man Podcast. Um, the program is going to be a 12-week self self-mastery course to help men develop and start their journey to become the best version of themselves. Um, I by no means am changing these men's lives um, in the future. I, it's just a, a helpful way to facilitate them doing it on their own. It's, it's kind of a core principle to what I talk about and will talk about in the program is that ultimately you are entirely responsible for the outcomes that you receive in life um, and you have to take ultimate control and it starts with mastery of self. Um, the name or the tag for the course is, is building Renaissance men. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but I guess to address the name first, um, I named it the Vitruvian man program because I feel the most important, um, 
kind of extremely centric part of self-mastery is like I alluded to before, changing your body and taking control over yourself, physically speaking, like sleeping better, consuming food that you know is good for you and feeling better because of it, drinking enough water, having a consistent training regimen. Um, all, almost all of my internal confidence comes from that kind of transformation in lifestyle that I made. And yes, there is the vain aspect of, I feel more confident looking myself in the mirror. I feel like clothes fit me better, etc. But way more than that is it's having a good relationship with yourself in that you keep the promises you make to yourself. And, um, you know, on a psychological level, you don't, you're not lying to yourself. It's not, it's no longer, you know, I'm going to start working out this new year's or like, let me start on Monday. And then you don't, um, that creates an internal conversation, whether conscious or subconscious that you can't trust yourselves. And I think confidence comes from being able to trust yourself. Um, so ultimately mastering yourself, getting complete control over your body will not only let you respect yourself, but garner respect from everyone else. Cause it's kind of, I think I look at fitness as the great equalizer and it's not to say everyone has to be a high performing athlete. I think an everyday athlete is, is what is most practical and applicable for everybody, but everyone wants to be there to see their grandkids and, you know, a huge back pressure, maybe not back pressure is the first best term, but certainly something that in my experience and like upbringing, whatever that has kind of also pushed me into this space is watching my grandparents not take care of themselves. And then the health issues that arise when you kind of drag that type of lifestyle across enough years, at some point your body says, you know, fuck it, I've had enough and starts to break down. Um, given my background with biomedical engineering, that was like something I studied in school. And, and it's crazy because they're linking more and more and more um, types of degenerative diseases, whether it's neurological or physiological or muscular, whatever it is, they're linking it to lifestyle choices and behavioral stuff. I mean, the amount of control we have over our bodies and also how resilient they are if we just give them the bare minimum of you know enough water, proper sleep, and decent nutritional breakdown um, is, a, is amazing. And so knowing that I wanna be there to teach my grandkids how to throw a ball, be able to you know bend down and pick up the child of my child um, is a huge motivator for me and um, you know, I guess that was a somewhat tangential, but anyway, the name of the program, Vitruvian Man, is that the idea is that the body is at the center. Um, the Vitruvian Man, for those that may not be familiar with the term, is the name of a famous work from Leonardo da Vinci, um, a sketch he made of kind of ideal masculine frame, aspect ratio, proportions, etc. And you can look it up online. Um, it, you've probably seen it before. It's the circle and square. It's, the, it's gonna be an adjacent logo to this program. Obviously, will not be the main logo because I'm profiting off of it, but it's also a public domain, so I can use it. Um, and I just thought it was very apt. Also, somehow the name wasn't taken, so it kind of all aligned there. Um, so yeah, in addition to the Vitruvian Man image itself being kind of centric to what the course is somewhat centered around. Um, additionally, like I mentioned, the, t the tag for the course is building Renaissance men. And, and what does that mean? Um, 
it's, it's, it's becoming a balanced person, a master of yourself, um, obviously centered around the body because I think that develops the, the confidence in yourself, but it is not just a fitness program. I'm not trying to sell a get a six pack ab program in 12 weeks. Um, those programs exist. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Um, it's a super saturated space. I also don't think it provides, I don't think I would be providing a lot of value by doing something like that, but the Renaissance man concept is essentially creating the best version of yourself. And it doesn't just mean that you're a gym bro and all you can talk about is the protein you're going to get in your next meal. Nobody wants to meet that guy the same way. Nobody wants to meet a guy who's extremely successful in his career. But the only thing he can talk about as, at a party is, you know, the client that he's consulting for, uh, like everybody's met that guy and it, and it sucks when you get stuck with him at a, in the corner at a party. And like, that's the only thing he has to talk about. It's like, nice dude, but what are you passionate about? What was the coolest movie you saw recently? Like what music do you listen to? Where was like your last trip out of the country? What are you passionate about? What do you love doing? Like, have you made anything with your hands? Like what is, what's something you're working on? And like, yeah, I, I just, I just think, uh, creating the mod, like you're crafting yourself into a modern Renaissance man is, um, it should be an aspiration for every man. Um, we are capable of so much. And so I think when you ask greatly of yourself, you, you'd be surprised how much you can get out. Um, I guess a, a definition that I've crafted using a combination of definitions that are out there of like, what is a Renaissance man? It's a, a cultured man who's well-read, educated and traveled. He's proficient, charming, confident, and with appreciation for the arts, sciences, and history, he's a master of himself. Um, to circle back to kind of Leonardo, he was kind of the consummate Renaissance man, arguably where the term came from. He obviously was a fine artist from the Renaissance period, um, but he was more than the artist. He was, he was obviously a master of art, but he was also a scientist. He studied anatomy, um, took inspiration from philosophers, and also was an inventor had an, and an engineering background and, and invented things. And so ultimately extremely diverse person, uh, someone I've always been both inspired by and fascinated by just studying. And, you know, when I've traveled to Italy, when I was in Venice, like to see like the Leonardo exhibit and see his works in person, it, it is pretty humbling and, and breathtaking, especially like learning about them here in the States in school. And then you see it in person, um, and, it, and I think it's amazing that it's, those things are still admired to this day. So a lot to be taken from, you know, the consummate Renaissance man himself. And that's where the, the idea of building Renaissance men came from for this program. Um, and then as far as kind of aesthetic inspirations, like I said, you can follow, follow along with the program at Vitruvian Gentleman on Instagram, and you can kind of see the general aesthetic direction it's starting to go in. Um, I was, like I said, I was growing up inspired by Renaissance artists, Leonardo specifically, but also Michelangelo amongst others. Um, and also Greek, Greek mythology, shout out the Percy Jackson books for those that read those. That was a huge, huge part of my childhood. Love those. Um, Stoic philosophy, learning about the great conquerors of history like Caesar, um, and heroes, both fictional and non-fictional. Um, I mean, even so much so to the point that I have, covered my entire forearm and it will continue to cover the rest of my arm in kind of that Greek statue, black and gray aesthetic. I think it's an aesthetic that's timeless. I think it's uh, admired to this day, even though it's, you know, hundreds and thousands of years old. And I do think that at some degree, 
the reason we admire them is it speaks to a deeper level of human story. You know, man, God, struggles, victory, defeat, etc. Um, I think that's why it can be still admired to this day and um, certainly a, a main kind of aesthetic inspiration for, for the program. And, and I think it all aligns kind of in this, in this closed loop of like the Renaissance man, the Vitruvian man, um, becoming the best version of yourself, self-mastery. You, when you look at all these sculptures, they have kind of these idealized physiques, these, these conquerors, these gods and demigods. Um, and and, and I, I'm of the opinion that inside of every man, there is a, that ver- a version of themselves that has that. You become, it's not about chasing the ideal physique, but it's about chasing and achieving the best physique that you have inside of you. I think it was Michelangelo that said, the sculpture is already in the granite. You just have to pull it out. And I'm of the opinion that that is the same with our bodies. Um, Every person can become like the most aesthetic and healthy and high performing version of themselves. You just have to do the work. And for some people, you know, if they're starting out skinnier, that means putting on weight, building muscle, adding to the frame. For other people like myself, like I was a chubbier kid, always like stronger, more muscly, whatever. But you could never really see that. And, and still aspiring to be better and better every day it doesn't really go away. It's an ongoing journey, just like any amount of self-mastery is. But I think I've made tremendous progress and I will continue to do so. And it has been extremely meaningful to my own self-confidence and I know that is replicable in other people and that's what I want to do. I want to help other men find that um, that maybe have not gotten to that place in their life or they've always been considering it and uh, just didn't know how to go about it. Um, I, I genuinely like since coming up with the concept for this and started working on it, I really do think that that is my purpose. It's helping other people like part of my background like what when I look back, it's kind of the undertones have always been there. I've always been in leadership positions and in everything I've been involved in. I think, you know, like naturally being the older brother of two brothers, like there's your first leadership position. You're kind of thrust into it automatically. And it's like a, you either sink or swim. And it's, it's, I'm not saying that I am, I'm unconscious of intentional error, but I have sure, I've certainly committed many errors across that process, but you know, leader in that aspect. And then in sports growing up, just being captain, did competitive robotics as well. Yeah, Georgia Tech, nerd alert. Um, but yeah, like was a, was a team captain in that. Moving into college, got to be the team captain, eventually on a lacrosse team, team president, also within my fraternity, um, was also the president there. And so why, when I look reflectively, like why, how have I found myself in those positions? Why have I found myself in those positions? And what about it is fulfilling to me? Um, obviously, I, I can't deny the self-satisfactory ego side of it. That is like, I think that's inextricable. Like I, I, well, then you'll never be able to separate your drive to become some rank amongst a group of people with some amount of ego. Um, but I also think that I find tremendous value and fulfillment in helping other people improve themselves, whether it's from an organizational level or like chasing a championship with a team um, or even just giving people advice, you know, like it always like your fitness journey starts out like people, people jonesing you when you're getting food at the line, like, oh, you got enough protein in that. And, and then it goes from that to like, hey, man, like I've been trying to like work out a little bit. You have any advice for what? And, and, and eventually the work speaks for itself. And, and through my time, a lot of people have come to me asking for stuff like that. And I've, I've loved helping out the people that I have. Um, 
giving whatever it is, like little tips and advice. Hey, man, let's go hit a workout together and I can give like a corrective form. Um, but even in this space, and I know this podcast thus far has been very centric on training, but again, the program is, is centric on that transformation as well. Um, but I, I just think that when I look reflectively, like I was saying, at why I find myself wanting to do this, I really do think that that is my purpose, is to help other people become the best version of themselves. And it's not me doing it for them. Ultimately, I can never do it for them. And that's, like I was saying, a huge through line of what I will talk about in the program is you have to commit and you have to do it for you, not for the applause of other men, not for admiration of women, um, but ultimately for yourself. To, to know that you have the capacity to be better and then to go and get it, that is where confidence is drawn from because you, you made a promise to yourself, you did the work and you achieved the result. And I think that's immensely transformational. I think that that is why I'm making this program and, and why I think it'll be valuable. So I suppose I'll hop off the um, soapbox for now. It's, it's been a decent amount of time now. Um, and I wanna get into the questions that people submitted. I, I appreciate, and I'll, I'll do a little sh name shout out first name, not to dox anyone, um, but shout out for the people that did post questions. I hope you guys will listen to the first episode so you can, one, hear your little shout out, but two, get the answers to the questions you asked. And also be able to spread it to other people you think might find value from the podcast itself because as this podcast evolves, it's not, it's not, the podcast is not the program. Um, the podcast is about things that will be included in the program, but certainly also just in a, a outlet for me to discuss things that I'm interested in around self-mastery, et cetera, but also whatever. Like if I just want to have a a friend come on the podcast and we banter for an hour. Like I would love that. And like, as like, I like to hear myself talk. I like to talk to my friends and like laugh and whatever. So I think it'll be a great platform for that. I've been a long time consumer of podcasts, like almost to maybe to my detriment as far as how much time I've spent listening. Um, but I, I, I love the medium of podcast long form. I think you get to know people, um, understand their mindset and it's like raw and, generally not overproduced. So uh, that is, anyway, I'll, tangential. You can kind of already see the rambling style that I cannot seem to break from myself. But I tried to break group these questions up by type and then like also content. Um, so hopefully they kind of flow somewhat together. So Brooks asked, what is the program and who is the target? Parker also asked, what is the program about? Um, and Brooks also asked, is it gonna be possible to purchase specific sections of the program only as opposed to the whole thing? So the program is a 12-week self-mastery course as I've kind of spoken about before, but what is included in this is weekly group calls with everyone in the program, um, a monthly one-on-one -on -one with myself where you can kind of, we can kind of structure that however you want, whether it's just, hey, like here are my thoughts or like I've been struggling with this or I was really interested in what you proposed and blah, blah, blah. and and you know, for that first month, it'll be we'll put those all we'll front load all those one-on-one -on -one calls um, up at the beginning of the month just to set a baseline, discuss goals, etc. Like find where people are at, and also just kind of introduction and get to know each other a little better. Um, also, a 24-hour access to a community of the guys in the course um, and myself via a Discord chat with different channels and different content. I think next week's episode I'll get a little more granular as to what's going to be included. Um, obviously no spoilers for the program, but certainly cool, cool stuff I want to include. I'm pretty excited about it. And as I continue to work on more and more, uh, I can include more and more. And I think also 
I would imagine questions next week will be more centered about like what's actually in it. Um, but this is more general program structure stuff. Um, additionally, every, every week there's going to be video, uh, rec- pre-recorded video with content for that week. And then the requisite like worksheets, assignments, like calls to action for the guys in the course. And then what, what's kind of expected of them on that end. Um, as well as kind of weekly, you know, the weekly check-in on like physical progress on your exercise. Um, and then di- general discourses about the week. Obviously, at the very beginning, we're going to be establishing everyone's fitness baseline. I imagine there's going to be people coming into it with varying degrees of experience, current level of fitness, knowledge about nutrition, all that stuff. And it's about meeting the guys in the course where they are and then getting them to be a measurably better version of themselves by the end of 12 weeks, I think. 12 weeks is a great time to make a significant change if you like lock the fuck in and buy in. And so that's why I chose kind of this, the length is I think that's what's requisite of a body transformation. And then the other content that's going to be put in there, I think will be a parallel path um, as well. Um, and so, yeah, speaking to the Renaissance aspect, I guess I haven't really touched on this yet, um, is the fact that it's about consuming quality content, like getting... And this is what I'll talk about in week two, for instance. This is um, kind of how to creation versus consumption. And if you're going to consume, make sure you're consuming actively um, and not just passive. Like you get home from work and you flip on Netflix immediately or you soak two hours or two or three, four hours into TikTok just mindlessly scrolling. It's about consuming the great content. I mean, we're so – there is more – literature and movies and film and video that could ever possibly be consumed by one person in one lifetime. But when it's curated and you're intentional about what you consume, you improve your life drastically, but also become a pretty interesting person. Like everyone loves to, it's way more interesting and meaningful to have conversations like, Hey, have you read blah, blah, blah? Did you see this article and blah, 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 or what, whatever you, whatever may have you, Instead of, dude, did you see this TikTok? Additionally, I'm getting a little bit into the content of week two, but like nobody's ever going to like judge you if they're like, hey, have you seen this TikTok? And you haven't, like they'll just show it to you and you guys can still share that laugh in that moment. Like you're not missing out by getting that out of your life, but you're enriching your life heavily when you take the hour you spend or two or three or four, whatever it is on wasted content every day and invest that into yourself, whether it's reading, listening to podcasts, watching an acclaimed film or like a movie that has a meaning that'll change your life. And so, you know, when I speak about curated content, like I'm creating, um, like I ran this through like a comparator, but building like essentially like a hundred movies you should watch before you die. And like, um, you know, it's a 12 week program. So I've structured every, the, the week, obviously Leonardo has a famous, I'll get into that later, but more or less the, the apostle, the 12 apostles in the last supper painting, that's kind of like part of the structure of the course. And so I've created like the 12 apostle texts of self-development. So like cut out the bullshit because there's so at some point you've read every self-development book that's out there. Um, they're all, they start to be redundant. And so it's like the best of the best in my opinion and what I've read and experienced to get you where you need to be. So those 12 books, obviously in 12 weeks, we're not going to read 12 books, but we're going to have three books, one per month that we have actually like you have to get it like assigned reading and then we discuss it as a group and like get, draw meaning from it. So that, that is going to be part of it. Um, and, and like, like I was saying, it's like the curation aspect is like what I'm putting into it to kind of 80, 20, the process of self-development for the guys in the course. So they don't have to go through 
five years and like 2000 plus hours of like what I've invested in myself and also just like, like wading through the waters of all this like aqueous self-development, like bullshit that's out there. Cause like everyone's trying to sell you something. I recognize I am trying to sell this program, but I really do think that this can be transform transformational. And, um, it's not like, Hey, buy this like $30 workout program to get six pack abs in like 10 weeks, but like there's no accountability. So you pay 30 bucks to whoever that, that is. They sell thousands of those. They make their, like they make their nut and they walk away, but there's never, there's no dialogue. There's no feedback. And ultimately the best thing I think about, and I'll get this into this a little bit, but like the community, like there's, there's a discussion, but there's also accountability. You, you're accountable to the guy, the men that are taking the course with you, um, as well as myself. And we can, meet people where they are, understand when they fail, help them get back up, um, building kind of this like mini fraternity, if that makes sense, like you're a, a brotherhood that can like help you along the way. Um, I'll also be active in that kind of discord chat activity community, um, t pretty much 24 seven. I imagine I'll check it all the time because I'm like a nerd for this stuff and really love it and also really want to help people make a change in their life. So for like direct message or also chats in the community on, on whatever it is, feedback, training, nutrition, like current events, what are we reading? Something you found cool, whatever it is, or like any, any, anything and everything that is what the community is for. That's what I'll be in there for. Um, and so Brooks also touched on, I think a good question, like who is like the target of this program? Like, are you going to sell this to high school kids? Are you going to sell it to like people your parents age. And so I've kind of built out this list of ideal student archetypes. This is modeled after like a mentor of mine that's helping me build this program and, and, and a friend, Arlen Moore. Um, you should check him out online. But he, he also has this for his own self-development course. His course is more specifically on how to build um, an elite like social circle. Um, and so he has like the archetypes of people that would fit in. And so I, I modeled the, that, that's where I got the idea of the archetype list. And so I think this is a list of people, types of guys that would be ideal students. And additionally, I think some of these may, when you hear this list, I want you to think where you fit in. And it's not a judgment I'm passing because ultimately I've been any one of these, if not all of them. And I think everyone can be more than one of these. Um, but like, listen to what they're kind of, structured as and try to find yourself in it. And if you think that there could be merit, please reach out to me. Um, you could reach me on Instagram via DM or the Vitruvian man or the Vitruvian gentleman page. You could DM me. Um, you could also email Vitruvian man program at gmail.com. Um, if you are interested about this, I will. And the program is still under development. I'm hoping to have a release date soonish. Obviously the podcast, I'll continue to talk about my progress best way to know about all the details is follow Vitruvian gentlemen on Instagram. Cause I'll be pretty active on that. Um, and then also work like currently working on building on a site and all that, all that backend stuff, but ideal student archetypes. So the first one is the Titan of industry. And this is somebody who is extremely successful in their job. Um, but very kind of one track, one note, very linear, kind of like I alluded to earlier, the guy that's at, the party but could only has work to talk about like everyone hates being around that guy and it's not great and very fulfilling to be that guy um, oftentimes it takes a tremendous amount of sacrifice in other areas of grasp of your life to be the top of your class in college the top law student the top get into a top consulting firm be like an elite level engineer or researcher and i know a lot of these kinds of people because of the people i was surrounded with at georgia tech you know they're they're 
there are guys that I know have immense caliber and potential, I guess is a word. It sounds a little demeaning, but they, 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 they are high caliber people, but they have chosen, and it's a choice, to focus linearly on achieving that goal. And that is super admirable and, and arguably the only way you can get to that place. But I think that at some point, once you've achieved that level, you're, want, you're sitting there, you're wanting more, you want to be more, and you know you can be. So that's the titan of industry archetype. The second is the insecure stoic. So this is someone who wants to be a better version of themselves, but has trouble kind of expressing that sentiment around friends, family, etc. Um, this was definitely me, um, someone who's like kind of already interested in self-development, definitely doing stuff on their own, but have a hard time expressing it around whether it's your close family, your friend group, because you're worried about being judged or the feedback you might get or you know people projecting their insecurities like trying to like take you down for being a better version of yourself and that, that that's something i talk about in week three um like gardening your snakes talking about the people that are closest to you when you're on the journey of improving yourself sometimes those people will be a detriment to you and and it's not fair for your mental and physical health to give up on your goals, dreams, and aspirations because they're projecting their insecurities when you are improving. So the insecure stoic is someone who wants to be better, but has is, is kind of closeted in that. And I, I certainly was that. And, and, and even to this day, it's, it's hard when you're around certain types of people. Um, the next is the lone wolf. And so this is somebody who's really on the path of self-development, maybe is already feels like they are like getting close to being a quote unquote master of self. Like their life is very dialed, but they want a pack of people to move forward with. They want a, a supportive group of people also interested in that same group. Um, and again, this is, this was, and low key is me, you know, I'm trying to build that pack for myself. I have a small, like close friend group that I, that I do think respect the path that I'm on, um, and share some of the same interests, but I'm going to build that. And I want to feel that alongside you guys and, and whoever else is in this program during those 12 week programs, you know, I, I imagine these are going to get extremely close and the more people engage, the better it will be. But a group of people that are not accountable to each other, you know, I did, I did an ex this, I, I did 75 hard this past spring and I was still in college within my fraternity. I was like, I'm going to do this. Anyone else interested? You know, there was a subset of people that were, we created a group me and even just sending those like daily progress pictures and like beast, like get, getting the feedback, like you're killing it, like whatever, like good shit today or like, Hey, boys, just hit my workout. What, whatever it is, like that little stuff is, was so meaningful, like to me. And, and I know it was to the other guys too. And this is like taking that to 11 in my opinion, because you have like this 24 hour access, but you know, these guys are interested in exactly what you're trying to do in themselves. And they have similar interest and they can, sh and what's awesome is it's kind of like, it builds to this place where you're very much 80, 20 in your effort because you know, as people are figuring out stuff that works for them, they can put it in the channel and say like, Hey, found this sick YouTube video on a great back workout or, Hey, I just read this like really fascinating article about the Ukraine crisis. And like, it was a really great way for me to understand it. Like, I'd love to hear your guys thoughts or man, I just watched, um, an amazing film last night. I'd love to hear your guys thoughts. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just imagine that there are guys, and I know there are guys up because I am that guy and I, I'm not naive to assume that I'm the only one that was really on the path, but wants a pack to share it with. And so that's the lone wolf. 
Um, the next is the diamond in the rough. And this is a, a guy with a ton of unrealized potential, but hasn't spent the requisite time on himself, polishing himself to see his true quote unquote shine. Um, a little gimmicky I know in the description there, but the diamond in the rough is ultimately, you know in yourself and maybe people have told you like, you're a great guy, like you have all this potential, but for some reason, whatever it may be, and it, it's not to f my place to assume, um, but you haven't polished yourself and found the requisite time to, to invest in yourself and become the best version of yourself. And then the last one, um, and this is, I like this one a lot, is the armchair quarterback. This is a guy who knows exactly what to do. Like he knows I need to go do weight training multiple times a week. I need to sleep a certain amount. I need to drink a little bit less. I need to eat cleaner. All this stuff, right? You know what you need to do. I need to read. I need to get my ass off TikTok at 3 a.m. All this stuff but he hasn't put it together for whatever reason. And this guy, you know this guy because he spends his time critiquing others, but he hasn't laced up the cleats and hit the turf in a long time, you know? And everybody hates this guy, but it doesn't mean that he can't become the best version of himself. So don't be this guy. Don't be the guy that you know what to do, but you haven't done it. Because ultimately you critiquing other people is a manifestation of knowing that you haven't done the work on yourself. And so, there's a ton of reflective exercises across the course. You're gonna not only spend time like in the gym, like that, that is a very centric aspect like I've alluded to, but it is so much more than that. It's, it's reflective, it's talking about why do I believe what I believe? Why do I, why do I want this for myself? Like goals, aspirations, all this stuff. And, the, and, and then as well, sharing it with the other guys in the course. So I would say that, that, that like, that's the last archetype. And I, I, I recognize that this person is probably gonna be the hardest to convince to invest in this kind of course and invest in themselves. But I personally believe that kind of person is the, will benefit the most from the course because they are so high caliber and also have that knowledge base. They just haven't done the damn thing. And so hopefully I can get some of those armchair quarterback guys in the program because I think they could benefit a lot and I think they could also provide a ton of value for the other guys in it. Um, and then to quickly address the question, Brooke said, like, can you purchase only sections? Um, the short answer is no. Um, as of right now, it's going to be kind of this holistic program, but also understand that it's not just a workout plan. You're not paying for like a three month build mass program. You know, you're not just buying like a ref like a journal with reflective exercises to do every day. It's, it's a super holistic. Um, and you know, I've inv invested time and money, you know, years of my life into figuring out what has worked best for me, what out there is bullshit and every everywhere in between. And I think that, that that's like a tremendous amount of value, but like the main value in, is the community. It's, it's having a dialogue, whether it's me and whoever's in the program or the other members of the program and the accountability that comes from that. If you have a group to answer to every day, or whenever you're feeling down, you can go in and get a little like blast of motivation or some support or even just feedback. Like, hey, I'm trying this, but it's not getting me what I want. Like, oh, I tried this and it worked better because I'm not gonna be able to offer a one size fits all, fix all, you know? It's not a pill that's gonna change you, but I know for a fact the structure alone will facilitate people changing themselves. And so I think the values in the community mainly and in the dialogue and the accountability and then just having that group of people to go to battle with um 
and I'm super, super excited about it. I literally like cannot wait. It, it's like every time I work on this, like I lose track of time. I'm so excited about it. And I haven't felt that way really about much in my life besides like the, a few things like personal training for myself, sports, and then like certain t- periods of my time uh, at tech, like certain classes were really, really fascinating and, and drove me to be better. But a lot of the time and a lot of life is just like, especially like professionally, you're just like biding time, like you're trading your time for money, whatever. But like, I'm beyond excited about this and like so fucking fired up. Um, so another onto some more questions I need to crank on these. Um, Andre asked, what is different about this course as opposed to others, books, other means? Um, yeah, so I mean, certainly I, I will be like completely honest. There is n- there's nothing I could ever possibly include in this program that doesn't exist somewhere else. It's just not possible. Like other than my unique perspective on some of this, and, and I think that that speaks to like how the pro- course is built, whatever, but I'm not gonna like gas myself too much, you know, like clearly having a podcast is a sign of ego, <laughs> but I'm not gonna say that like I'm providing this unbelievable value. I'm simply just kind of funneling all of this amazing, amazing content and lessons I've learned stuff that I found valuable into this like package where I can say like, I know in the 12 weeks of this Vitruvian man program, like you will exit a better version of yourself. That is a definitive fact. I think if you commit, there's no way it doesn't work. Um, and so what's different about the course is it, it mostly speak. And then his next question is, is the program supposed to be an individual journey or collective? Like I was alluding to, it's the community that's the most valuable. And so I think that that's where it's different. Um, certainly there's other self-development courses with the community aspect and those are awesome. I encourage people to invest in more than one thing. I think investing in yourself is amazing and it's crazy to me when people will throw a couple grand at a shit coin, but they're not willing to buy a gym membership for $20 a month. Um, it blows my mind. That's $120 for the year. Is that math right? Bad at math, whatever. It's not that much money for the year. And that is the kind of investment that across your life will allow you to be there for your grandkids versus you could just sink and absolutely zero your money in the stock market and people throw that shit around willy nilly. Like when was the last time you spent money on yourself? Look at yourself as a, as a, as a stock, like invest in yourself, pay money and pay time to put yourself and take the time to be better. Um, and you'll reap rewards across your life, including in an actual investing. Like this stuff has a rippling effect across everything. Um, on to the next Brooks asks at the end of the 12 weeks, what do you expect to see from someone who's completed the program? That is an awesome question. I think, or I expect to see ultimately the, the biggest thing is I want people to feel and like feel different and move different and not just in the physical sense. Like, yeah, you're going to feel a little bit better. You'll be sleeping and eating properly. Like that stuff will have a physiological effect, but putting the work in on yourself makes you move different. You're a confident person. And I want to, I want to hear and see and, and it like the feedback from the guys like graduating from the course in 12 and just be like so excited for them to be like at the very beginning of like th- this lifelong journey of self-development because it never ends. But certainly at the end of 12, you're going to make, if you commit to the, the, the training and the nutrition and the sleep stuff, you're going to be in a phys- better physical place than you started. Like that's just a fact. Three months is a lot of time to change your body. And if you actually commit and do the damn work, you will see change. And then I also think a a massive mindset shift. Like there's a lot of content in the course about 
how to look at the world, like what do you believe, viewing time, money, all, all this different content. And I can talk about that in future podcasts if people are curious and, and whatever. But I, I think I will see ultimately the same man that walked in 12 weeks ago, but just a better version of that. And then that, that is like the most, the most I could ever ask for. And it's not just a desire of mine, it's an expectation of the people that come in. You have to commit, you have to do the work. But I, I, I know that people that are interested in this course and that join it are gonna commit and they're gonna make that change. So that's what I'm excited to see at the end of 12 weeks. Um, Harrison asks, what qualifies as a Renaissance man? And a similar question was asked by Brooks, kind of, is, I guess I'll, I'll just group these together, but what qualifies as a Renaissance man? And then Brooks asked, who is the celebrity you think that embodies the values taught in this program? Um, so I spoke on it earlier. I'll reiterate the definition. Um, let's see, I have it in my notes. Yeah, so Renaissance man, a cultured man who is well-read, educated, and traveled. He's proficient, charming, and confident with an appreciation for the arts, sciences, and history. He's a master of self. Obviously, the last part I think is the most important. You have to master yourself before you can go out and master the rest of the world. Um, I also think that when you build yourself to the ideal self, it attracts the ideal life. And, you know, that's another thing we're going to talk about in the course and we'll certainly talk about in future podcasts. It's like the law of attraction, reality being a mirror, like what you put out there is what you will receive to yourself. In the same way, when you invest in yourself and you are a better version moving through life, life becomes a better version to you. And it's, it, it's crazy that it works that way, but it has in my life. And I'm, again, I'm not naive to assume that I'm unique in that sense. I know it can be broadly applied. Um, and so that, that's, and then what qualifies as a Renaissance man. So outside of that definition, I think just generally like meeting somebody who has like diverse interests and they're just a cool person, like somebody you would walk up to and meet for the first time, get introduced to. And you're like, I want to either be that guy or make sure that guy's my friend. So becoming the best version of yourself, I think makes you that guy. And then who's a celebrity you think that embodies the values taught in this program? I mean, I'm not, there's no like ideological backing necessarily. I mean, certainly my biases will probably show across the program, but I, I'm not pushing a specific value set outside of, I don't know. Like there, there, there are certain like schools of thought that we're going to talk about, like ways to look at the world. Um, but a celebrity that I think is like an example of a Renaissance man. I think of people like, I mean, Elon Musk, it may be a bit one tracked with like the engineering and, but like kind of a pretty fascinating guy. He's been able to achieve an unbelievable amount. Um, I think about, gosh, what other celebrities? Um, I, I think he's an example, like a Matthew McConaughey, who's also like, a business person, appreciation for the arts, a writer, a producer, um, an entrepreneur, an investor. Um, Tim Ferriss is another example, author, consummate experimenter on self. He, when he was in his 20s, he like fucked off to the middle of Argentina and became like a tango, I think it was tango, dancing like expert. He spent two years just mastering tango, like has lived an insanely diverse life. I recommend you read up on him or listen to his podcast. He has an excellent podcast. Um, but he's an example. I, the, the list goes on. Those are off the dome. I apologize that if I polarize anyone with the Elon Musk example, I don't mean to be political. Um, but I also, I think there's things to be admired in him. So I choose to admire those things. 
<clears throat> and then Brooks also asks, what is the end goal you have for Vitruvian Man? Well, I don't know longitudinally what this course will grow into. I hope that this podcast can reach a lot of people and people can be either entertained by it, find value from it, whatever. Like that's an ongoing, it's a growth thing. I don't know that I want to be an influencer, quote unquote. Like I'm not, I don't know that that's the life for me. The end goal ultimately is to just have people transform themselves. And I know I can help people do that. And I'm excited to see it. And I, and I can't wait to do that over and over and over again. I don't know what the Vitruvian Man program will evolve and grow into. Obviously the first class, the people that take that bet and the quote unquote risk with me, I'll be eternally grateful for. And men to come and take the program after them will also be grateful because as the program goes on, I'll be taking feedback, figuring out, you know, what, what did I put in the program that really doesn't provide that much value or what parts, you know, I need to expound on more because like this is super foundational and people are finding a ton of meaning from it. So the end goal is to just graduate and create, like build Renaissance men and have Vitruvian men enter the field, the fold and then go out into the world and like become better men, like become great fathers, great partners, great businessmen, etc. And I think it starts with the self. Um, Trey asks, do you live by slash have any favorite stoic maxims? That's a good question, Trey. I think, yeah, there's like three core ones uh, that like come to mind. I have one of the three so far tattooed on my body forever. And that is memento mori. It's probably the most core one. Um, and memento mori is a Latin phrase that means remember death or remember that you will die. Um, ultimately, I suppose off rip, it could sound a little bit dark, but I choose to think of it as extremely liberating in that knowing your time is finite and your time is also not promised. Like nothing tells, this podcast theoretically could never get uploaded because when I leave this room and finish recording and I try to bike back to my apartment, I could get struck dead by a car. And that is not like, one of those thoughts that stresses me out or needs to be dark, but it simply means like, I want to make sure that I'm living my life minute by minute, day by day, knowing that I'm doing exactly one, what I want, but two, something that's valuable. And also a big thing is making sure that every interaction you have with people is beautiful. And that I would hate for the last time I interact with someone before I pass, whether it's young or old or whatever, to be me like bitching somebody out or giving them a hard time or being short with them. Like I want to leave that a positive legacy. Like so I want to, I want to walk away from every interaction and people like at least smile, you know, like it's free to give somebody a smile, but hopefully provide more value, whether it's, you know, through this program or through a quote that I can give them or uh, like advice in the gym, whatever it is, making sure that you interact pe with people and make those interactions beautiful and meaningful because your time is not promised. So memento mori is a huge one. Similar memento vivere or vivere is remember life. Like remember that you are alive, be grateful for life. Um, it's a very parallel one, kind of two sides of the coin. And then the last is amor fati. And that one means love life or love of life. And it's simply with along the main, I'd say the main takeaway from the stoic and I'll talk, this is a week, week four, we, we wrap up um, books on Stoicism and then the, the, the content of that week is centered around Stoic principles. But I'd say like kind of to summarize Stoicism as a field, it's control what you can control. Ultimately, you can only control yourself. It's why this is a self-mastery course and I think it's so important. Um, but Amor Fati means 
Love your life. Love everything that happens to you. Love your fate. Love the fact that there was a long line at whatever, or you got stuck in traffic. Like, don't look, choose to view, I think it was Seneca who said something to the, along the lines, and I apologize. I'm a big quote guy, so I hate butchering one on the podcast, but I, I can't, I don't have a Jamie to Google it for me right now. But <laughs> I, it's some, something to the effect of like, you choose, other people act and you choose to be offended by it or like don't suffer twice because you're choosing to choose to view it negatively. And, and at large, that is what happens to you in your life. Like don't look at, there's two ways you could look at getting stuck in traffic. Like one, damn, like I'm, I'm pissed. I'm like going to honk at the guy I'll, I'll, like a hunt for like 300 yards down this tight, like highway area. I'm going to be pissed. It's hot, whatever. I'm late to blah, blah, blah. Or you could look at it like, okay, I have some time with myself. Maybe I should try to, maybe I should just spend some time alone, listen to music and just be happy or roll the windows down, get fresh air, listen to a podcast. Like, Take everything that comes at you and love your life. Love it. Love it for the lessons it'll teach you. Love the love falling in love just as much as you having your heart broken. You know, and it's easier said than done, and I'm not perfect at it, but it's a reminder, right? Like it's something that you go back to when you're in those moments of frustration, anger, grief, blah, blah, blah. And you just amor fati. Like remember, remember that you should love your life and you can only control yourself. That like, for instance, that one is my phone wallpaper, Amar Fati. So those three, so Memento Mori, Memento Vivir, and Amar Fati. And so those are the three stoic maxims. I think that was a great question. I'm also a big nerd about this stuff. Um, Justin asks, uh, biggest inspiration for starting the podcast? Well, I guess the kick and the push is like the, my mentor Arlen and also Adam that are helping me build this course. Um, but I've, I've been a, like, like I mentioned at the beginning, I've been a big podcast consumer my entire life, pretty much. Um, I think it's an awesome medium. I, you know, I think of podcasts like the Tim Ferriss show, Joe Rogan, but even like just pure entertainment ones like the tiny meat gang or Chris Lee's congratulations or the fighter and the kid. Um, there's just so many good podcasts out there and those are just some of the ones I can think of off the dome and there, and there's a podcast kind of for any and everything. And so, and what's awesome is, you know, I'm, I'm creating this podcast around like self-mastery, self-improvement. And is it the only one? No. Like I can literally think of like a few off the head that are centered around that, but it doesn't mean that my, this podcast is useless because it's my specific take and it's not going to be completely reiterative. All the content that's out there. It's just like any two conversations aren't the same. So if you listen to an interview on a podcast with the same guest on two different episodes, those two episodes will be different because no two conversations are the same. And so a podcast is the same way. Like it's an ongoing conversation. No two are the same. And so I'm putting out this conversation of me. I'm super excited to have guests, guests on because it as like, as much as somehow I have the ability to speak in this room alone um, for an hour, I, I really look forward to like the dialogue aspect of like bringing guests on. And, um, you know, I, th I think those are often some of the more interesting podcasts, how people play off each other. And I love hearing from other people. I love learning from other people. So that's kind of the biggest inspiration for the podcast. You pushed because of this program coming out. I want people to know who the hell I am, what, the, what I'm working on and understand kind of the motivations behind it. But Outside of that, it's putting out content that I'm interested in, an expression of what for a long time I've been internally interested in, but not sharing with other people. This is a way I can share it. And 
you know, do I think I'm going to be, the, I'm not going to be the next Joe Rogan podcast. Like I, that is not my goal. So I'm not going to achieve that. I'm not setting out to like get millions and millions of episode listens per podcast. But if that happens, it'd be sick. And if this only reaches 20 or 30 people, that's also cool because I think those 20 or 30 people can find either some value, some entertainment, something to take home. And also this could be a way for me to reach and find the future Vitruvian men. So that's kind of the biggest inspiration for starting the podcast. Um, Grace asks, what aspects of your program are you most excited about? Great question, Grace. Grace is someone who's also building a course of her own. And so we're kind of like a little accountability partners and she's been an awesome person to meet through this process. Um, but what am I most excited about? I mean, oddly enough, I'm really enjoying the content creation aspect, like building out the Instagram, like, cause it's like outside of my personal brand, it's just, I'm branding this space and this program. So that's been kind of fun just to like screw around. Um, but as far as content of the course, um, I really, I think the con like week two content creation versus consumption is so big and people just don't think about it. Like don't passively consume the bullshit that's out there. I mean, a lot of these are really important. Like week three, gardening your snakes, like getting the people out of your life that are toxic. That's been, that's a hard, hard lesson I've experienced and people will experience going through the program. That one has a ton of meaning. Um, you know, week five is one about getting out of your own way. Um, I'm really excited about week six, talking about why do we believe what we believe. Um, there's just, I don't know, a lot. Like week eight is like dark triad of attraction, no more Mr. Nice Guy, like rational power and seduction stuff. That con, I feel like that conversation will be interesting and I really have no one in my life to talk to it up I've not, I'm not, I've not had that dialogue before with someone else. It's been like solely through consumption of interesting content, podcasts, books, whatever. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, I don't know. All, I mean, ultimately I'm like super fired up about all of it and that's why I'm making it. But those, those are some of the ones that stand out to me and then I'm really enjoying the content creation thing. Um, and then a similar question from Brooks is what section of the program do you think is most important? Um, well, ultimately I think setting your intention and direction is really important. And because it is a master, a self mastery program, I think week one is like hyper critical. And so week one is the intro to self and similar to how Da Vinci was not one track. It's kind of a three way breakdown, your intro to your mind, intro to your body and intro to your spirit, man as artist, inventor, and scientist. And so Real, week one is important. Week one is critical because you're going to set your goals. You're going to set your baseline. Um, you're going to figure out what the program is about, what is going to be expected of you, how you're going to balance it in your life, meet everybody else. So week one is big. And then other than that, I mean, I think stoicism is super critical. So week four is big. Uh, Gosh, I mean, there's, I'd say like it's only 12 weeks and there's like an infinite amount of lessons to learn in life. So I'd say that these are pretty distilled and curated. So every week is important, but those ones stand out to me. I won't, I won't ramble on. I think week two, the podcast next week, I imagine there's going to be questions about more of the content. So I can go into that. Um, next question is from Andre and he asked... Do you have a defining moment that kicked off your journey through personal development? And this will be the last question. So I suppose we're ending on a deep note, but oh gosh, I would say, 
you know, I spoke on the, the body dysmorphia thing, like always wanting to look like the athlete that I was and like feeling insecure in locker rooms and amongst other like friends that were athletes and like taking your shirt off of the pool and like all that stuff was like really formative. And so that was kind of a, a rolling start. But I think it, it occurred for me, like when I really flipped the switch right around the pandemic, because I was coming out of, I was coming out of a relationship like semi recently, you know, a few months, like I was, I was on the road of like healing from that. So a little bit of heartbreak, which, you know, classically sends many men to the gym, uh, heartbreak, but you know, dealing with. Okay. Turns out the program I'm using to record podcasts caps you at 60. So apologize for, I don't know what this editing jump is going to be like, but I'm back. So I think I was speaking on the question, Andre, do you have a defining moment that kicked off your journey through personal development? And so, yeah, coming off the back of a relationship, you're evaluating what did I do well? What did I do poorly? What do I want out of a relationship? What do I now not want out of a relationship? So that was a lot of self-reflection, a ton of introspection, like in the mind. And that, and also, you know, the pandemic, you, you get sent home. Everyone doesn't really know what's going on. So you're alone. You're spending a lot of time with yourself and there's nothing to do except work out and like work on yourself, work on projects, do what you're interested in. And fortunately, previous, you know, past me, instead of being passive and just consuming, like sitting, watching movies and TV all day, like for whatever reason, it was the right alchemy amalgamation of circumstance and where I was at in my life and I was ready to really commit. And so I just, I brought back a love of reading from, I hadn't read a book front to back literally for like eight years because I loved reading as a little kid and then they gamified it and started taking quizzes on it, like the AR reading system or whatever it was. And I freaking hate that. It like ruined my reading for me. So I stopped. I, it sucks because I'll never get those years back to read books, but started reading again. You know, a lot of stuff centered around obviously the content of all this, like self-mastery, self-development, whatever, but also like fiction and whatever else. But reading, I think is super important. And I, you know, bought back into that. And that, and that kind of like was the, when this, the switch flips for me. And um, yeah, so that wraps up all the questions. I don't think I have anything else specifically to talk about today. I'm really curious to hear some feedback. I hope people listen and find meaning and are excited about it. I'd love to hear if anyone thinks that they could be a potential candidate for the Vitruvian Man program. I mean, that would be so exciting because like I'm not even ready to launch and it'd be awesome to know that people are excited about it and like want to take that step with myself and the other men that are going to join the program. So excited to hear your thoughts. Please share them anywhere you can reach me. Some of you may have my phone number already. So text me, call me. I'm there. Um, you can also reach me at Z-D-S-C-H-E-N-K-E-N on Instagram. Also at Vitruvian Gentleman if you want to follow along with the course, the progress, and or just want to have, see a cool Instagram. Potentially there's value there. Um, and you can also email at, or uh, yeah, it's a Vitruvian, the Vitruvian Man Program at gmail.com. No V. So Vitruvian Man Program at gmail.com. And share your thoughts, feelings, concerns, feedback. Even if you just think, hey, I think this is dumb. Like, I'd like to hear it. All feedback is good feedback. I'm trying to be as egoless in the development of this as possible so that I can produce the best content at the end as possible. So 
That's enough for me. I will stop rambling. Uh, your time is your most valuable resource, so thank you for spending a little of it with me today. Memento Mori, and I will catch you guys on the next episode of the Vitruvian Man program.